last time we came together, we were talking about the, uh, I guess, the defense in the Delphi case, the uh, Richard Allen case. His defense attorneys had dropped a memorandum in support of the accused motion for a Frank's hearing. Uh, let me share this real quick, just to remind everybody what it is. This document here was 136 pages. And up until, you know, what we went over last time was just the scene, right? What I did today was I actually read 136 pages this morning and man, there's, it's pretty compelling. I'll be honest. I'll be, com mm -hmm. it's compelling. The argument is Richard Allen's defense attorneys are alluding that the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German were a ritualistic sacrifice by a group uh, of Odinites that are a, uh, like they called them a, a hijacked group of neo, uh, like Nazi type individuals. Basically, they're saying those are who are responsible for this and that Richard Allen is 100% innocent. I read through both this and then I went back and read the probable cause affidavit. And what I came to the conclusion is that people think that Richard Allen is involved, but I am more kind of certain that I think other people had something to do with it as well. I don't think, you know, we questioned, did he do it by himself? You know, my thoughts are that maybe perhaps he had some help, but we'll start it off. And if you guys have any questions, you know what to do. Like I said, eight things to know. It said that the members of the pagan uh, Norse uh, religion called Odism is hijacked by white nationalists and they ritualistically sacrificed Abigail Williams and Liberty German. So that's the first thing that they want to tell you. And so <clears throat> they basically go into a great amount of detail in this report of how these Odinites are still having an effect on this case. Based on the description of the of the scene, you know, they had the bodies with the sticks. In fact, you know, let me uh, pull up a picture of that so I can show everybody what that scene was. Where, where, where are they getting this information? Is it good, are they getting it from Richard Allen or from someone up, coming up? Like in the so they're getting the information from uh, doing their own investigation. Apparently there were three officers or law enforcement officials that were across this Odinite angle and went with it. All right. Everybody seems to be uh, like these individuals that this, the defense actually claim they, they call out five names. Right. They name these people by name that they think that are involved in this case. Now, I'm going to bring up the, the uh, a picture um, referencing the scene. Um, you know, this is a trigger warning. It may be um, difficult to see for some. All right. So this is a uh, description of the scene that was there. And what you see is what is portrayed to be Liberty to the left and Abby to the right. And it's a very detailed picture of the scene. There's the bullet between the bodies. And you see, I think it's a shoe that was underneath um, Abigail. And underneath her, the shoe, I believe, was a cell phone that belonged to Liberty. First things first, if you guys came across this type of scene, wouldn't you automatically assume... Uh, or, or think that there's a big possibility that this was some kind of ritual. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially the way it's staged, you know, you know, when people commit murders, they usually commit them and just leave the body there. They don't, they don't make a, they don't make a statement like this and stage the bodies. Right. Exactly. What about you, big blue, the position of the bodies, does it look like it's well planned out? Do you think somebody could have uh, staged this? I think at uh, a spare moment, um, Probably not. I think it looks more staged to me because it looks like, you know, those, they're making uh, the one on the right, which is that's supposed to be the one that has the clothes on still. Who's that supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, Abigail. Abigail. Abby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they made it with like, you know, the horns and stuff on the head with the, the bushes. And I've seen that in other predict like pictures of certain religions when they portray certain things. Now, the one thing I'll say about this image that I think is possibly wrong is I think that this asterisk marking is um, actually turned uh, uh, the other way. I think that this uh, board that's going horizontal or uh, vertical, 
um, is actually horizontal. And by the sound of it, it was uh, closer to the neck area, I believe. And um, and the hands quite were positioned in this manner. I think it said that the left hand um, was near the left side of the face, but on the chest. And so it was a little bit different, but very much similar. And then I also think that I think that the tree, it, it said that her head was leaned up against the base of the tree. So I'm assuming that the tree is probably a little bit thin than this one and that her arm reached up to touch the tree. So, um, and that the, uh, long branch was to her, to her left. So I'm assuming that Liberty was lined up perfectly along the tree and the tree was probably maybe slightly wider than, than her and that the, uh, the stick went across because it says that it went up for several feet above her head and several feet below her head. So. I think, uh, somebody asked that they were both covered with leaves. I don't think any of them were covered with leaves. No, yeah, mm-hmm. one of them was. I think it was uh, it was just Liberty yeah. that was covered in leaves. Yeah, yeah apparently, the, yeah, apparently Abigail, her clothing, which was Liberty's clothing, was dry and it was clean. No dirt, no blood, very little blood is what they said, according to the defense. Now, that's the other thing we have to take with a grain of salt is that this is coming from the defense. It's very much one sided. For instance, there's verbiage in there that indicate that they claim that the bullet or the round, the unspent room was buried. Blue, what are the to for something to be defined as buried? What do you think has to happen? You know, somebody would have to be like um, digging or trying to cover something up and they buried it with what they were covering. Right. Unless they, well, unless they stepped on it and it was like soft soil. Exactly. Yeah, true. In their statement, they indicate that the, the soil was damp and soggy, right? When they were referencing Abigail's clothes being clean, I thought to myself, well, they probably stepped on it. Now, they use the term buried. They said that they took a picture of it while it was was buried in the ground. How could you take a picture of it still buried in the ground? It would be covered, right? So I think that somebody stepped on it and it actually just kind of imprinted into the ground. But using that type of terminology to describe this small aspect of it leads me to believe that a lot of the stuff that's in here might be overly exaggerated as well. According to the defense, they ended up finding out that the prosecution went and spoke with this professor and that this professor, I think was out of Purdue, uh, basically told them that they didn't believe that this was ritualistic or cult driven, basically meaning that it was staged to look like that, assuming that's what they meant. When the defense asked for that information and or looked for it, apparently they can't locate the professor that they asked and they don't remember who he was. So <laughs> that's a big question. Mark. What do you guys think about that? Uh, that doesn't seem strange at all. A police officer for getting vital information. Yeah, I said that with so much sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) So I do think that there's some police corruption going on here. Uh, I'll be honest on that. There's something going on and and it stinks. It stinks bad. Yeah, there's some incompetence. Well, that's what um, the defense is saying is they're like, either these guys were being purposefully lying and, and trying to you know, change things because they accuse them of lying on the probable cause affidavit on other forms, basically purging themselves. You know, it's either that or they're incompetent, right? That's basically what the defense says. Either they're dumb. They don't know how to do their job or they're, you know, they're corrupt. Those are the only two options that they're giving. You, you think the fact that it's such a small town, a small, uh, such a small agency, they don't have the proper training for these kind mm-hmm. of uh, crime scenes that makes it seem like they're incompetent. Maybe, but you know, I think, I think the Indiana state police, yeah, I got involved there. They handle much larger cases and stuff. So they should be well versed in something like this. They're claiming that they flat out lied in certain areas, but they're saying that there was a particular Odin night that may be responsible. Now, me, 
myself, I'm not so sure about that. You know, I do think that there were some um, possible Odinites and or some individuals who wanted to be Odinites involved, but Soldiers. I don't know if this guy, yeah, I don't know if this guy himself was involved. There is some questions. So that guy's name is Brad Holder, and this is the guy, right? So apparently why they suspect it's him is because he had some suspicious things on his uh, Facebook, for instance. He had a picture of, I believe it was uh, Odin hanging upside down that he drew. So this is a painting that he had drawn. And as you can see, the leg is curled behind and um, there's a tree. And if you zoom in here, uh, I know it's, it's a bad copy of it, but this is actually an F. One of the things that the or the defense is claiming at the scene above where Libby was laying, that there was an F painted on the bark itself um, by using Liberty's uh, blood itself as paint. And these images came up. I think this image came up about a year and two days or three days after uh, the incident had occurred. There's some memes that uh, Holder puts on, like, for instance, uh, the day after uh, on February 14th, when they discovered the bodies, mm -hmm. he put a meme up stating that your friends will help you move a body. Your real friends will keep quiet or something like that. And it was the uh, Goodfellas. Now, the reason that that was weird is not just because of the timing, but apparently uh, Mr. Holder's son, Logan, dated and was dating Abigail Williams at the time. So, they, yeah, exactly. Hmm. So Abigail was dating this guy, and apparently this guy would go and travel, which is, oh, let me see if I can find it. So that's the F that they claim was on the bark. So this guy, this is this is Holder, Brad Holder. He would go and hang out with this guy on the left. This is, uh, gosh, what is his name? I wonder if at the scene before, you know, after they were discovered, you know, you were saying that the ground was real mushy, was, you know. Yeah, because it was kind of close to the river, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't as, you know, as hard as it was supposed to be at that time. I wonder if they had tracks or they actually took a account of the tracks, the people who actually found the, the, the bodies, you know what I mean? Just yeah. Different people would be wearing different size shoes and whatnot. Right. No, of course. And the thing is, though, that to this day, the Carroll County, you know, law enforcement agencies that are involved in this think that Richard Allen is the only guy and that he did this by himself. Patrick Westfall. This is a guy who went to was in the army with Holder and apparently he has like PTSD. These guys had formed a different type of not so much a different type of religion, but they had this like sub religion of their Odinism, which was designated for um, like uh, warriors within mm -hmm. the Odinites. So these were the guys that were the warriors. It's like Astria or something like that. Astria's they Brad Holder would say or would eventually when interviewed say that he would go over to um, Patrick's house every weekend to do rituals and all this other stuff um, in his backyard and that his son Logan would go play baseball. And that's where he he believes he had met Abigail Williams and that he thinks that they had only hung out one time. He says he had never met the girl. He lives and works um, Brad Holder in Logansport, I believe, or 25 miles away. It would take, you know, probably about, I think it's like 35, 40 minutes to get from his work to, to where the scene was. The reason why the police claim that Brad Holder, even though he, his son was dating one of the victims, you know, he was part of the Odinism that did some rituals and he had some questionable stuff was because that he had an alibi and his alibi was that he was at work. There was a video uh, of him going into work and leaving work. The defense questions if it was actually him in the truck or not in the truck or if the video was even seen. You know, they say that basically a officer went out there and 
they had asked human resource department lady about clocking in and clocking out and about Brad Holder. And, and that lady said that he, he was there and the only person that can manipulate, manipulate the clock in and clock out times was her. And, and that basically, uh, informed the investigator that had usually ate there at lunch. And so he was there and didn't clock out till I believe it was 2.30. Had he gone straight there, the defense indicates that he would have probably arrived around 3.15. Now, a problem I have with that, from what I understand, is one of the, uh, the little girls, I think it was Liberty's dad, went looking, you know, his daughter or his daughter's friend on the trail with an earshot of where this is occurring. And if this occurred at 3.15, I think he was already on the trail. So it had to have occurred prior to that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. That's one of the reasons why maybe perhaps he knew about it or a part of it in some other way, but I'm not sure if he was ever physically there. Right. They basically connected Patrick Westlake with a guy named Johnny Messer, who is like a recruiter for them because they want to recruit other members to join their Odinism group. He's their recruiter and a parent. There's a few dudes that uh, want to join, and their names are... Well, it's not really... Well, that's a question, but, like, can you imagine, like, making a cult or a, a, a society and, like, looking for <laughs> recruits? That's kind of weird, right? Going up to people and just asking them, or how's that work? Well, I think it's more along the lines of, like, they're trying to recruit for a gang. Now, apparently, according to the defense, Johnny would target guys that had low IQ and or stuff that was wrong with them. And this guy named Elvis apparently had the, according to the defense and this paperwork, you know, had the mental capacity of a seven or eight year old. Now, this guy, Elvis, he's said some pretty interesting things. Yeah, it was Elvis Fields. It was Rod, his friend Rod and Ned, I believe was what the other guy's name was. Apparently, Elvis tells he has two sisters. He tells one of his sisters that he was on the trail when the, uh, the girls went missing. He said that he was going to go away for a very long time and that uh, he was there when they were killed. The girls were killed and that there was two other people with him. What they were trying to say was that another piece of evidence that that the defense was trying to say that Eric Fields was tied with the Odinism is that they asked John Messer and he had said Fields wanted to join, but that that the guys wouldn't have wanted him, which is weird because the guys they targeted were you know, he would have fit the criteria. Right now, he also told his sister that he had a brother after that night and had joined the gang. So it seems like he's kind of alluding or the defense is alluding that this was some sort of like um, to end the group type of thing. Right. Initiation kind of deal. The other thing that they're indicating is he said he joined a gang and that he had a brother. He told another sister later that he had he was going away for a long time and that bit on one of the uh, the girls' faces uh, on Abigail's face, I believe. And he said that she was a troublemaker and so that he put horns on her head. How would he know that piece of information? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean the only way they can know that is if they know the people that actually found the, the remains, right? Right. Like. In person, and they would have got that information. Maybe, maybe I don't. I'm not really sure, but I don't know if they're. You know, I'm guessing if there's an open investigation, they just, they're not supposed to be talking about none of that, right? To other people. Yeah, I mean, the, the only way they would know that the hornets are on their head is if they were there or somebody talked that were, they found the body. Yeah, something like a leak, or something, especially if they were just volunteers, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. Like Elvis Fields was questioned. Right. By one of the troopers. And after his questioning, Elvis Field, I think it happened in a vehicle, got off the vehicle, walked away, then turned around and came back. And he told the trooper, he asked if his DNA or spit 
was on one of the girls. And if it was, he could explain it. And if he could, would he be in trouble? Man, I don't have nothing to say about that. Well, what about the fact that law enforcement didn't didn't continue down this angle? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, not only not only the fact that he went back and asked these questions that are particular to the case, the law enforcement not doing anything like like you said, following that that angle, like you said. That's, right. that's, yeah. that's crazy. Especially being like, so specific, specific, you know what I mean, about the horns, about the, his DNA. That's, right. And that's one true. of his sister, because this was all him telling his sister, right? And he did have an interview with, with the trooper. What, when, what he told his sister about him being there and two other people there and that they killed these girls, his sister took a polygraph test and passed it. That, that was the information she was told. So hmm. oh, wow. I, I think that there this is kind of starting to leak now. The other thing is, is that the defense is basically saying that Elvis Fields' time was starting to mimic Brad Holder's Facebook. Like Brad Holder put up a a picture of guns and uh, knuckles. He put a picture of guns and uh, those type of knuckles you put on your called? He put up a picture of like a clear mason jar, and then so did this guy. So he was he was following up. There ain't nothing but a hound dog. Do, do you know? The whole like end game of this uh, uh, cult, like what was their beliefs? You know, because almost well, every cult has a belief, right? That they have to uh, strike well, for, right? right? They're saying that uh, basically the defense is stating that the motive behind this or whatever was that one of the that this was a white nationalist group, and that one of the mothers of the of the little girls uh, was, you know intermingling mixed races basically seeing somebody outside of their race and this was yeah. a form of um getting back at them or something like a punishment yeah pretty harsh man yeah and so this is the guy uh, his name is elvis fields and the I'll thing is one, never trust a guy with the with the beanie that does say drunk turkey show on it that's what i say <laughs> i mean that looks like yeah. a blue sweater I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That guy can't grow a mustache and beard like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this guy went on Facebook like yesterday and he put a post saying, uh, I'm Christian. I've always been Christian. And he put a picture of like three brand new Bibles. And I'm like, if you're trying to say you were always Christian and you're showing like a Bible, one of them still in its wrapper. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good look. Yeah, that's not but, helping at all. Yeah. Nah, like I buy a new Bible every week. So this is... <laughs> Right. So this is the guy. This is Elvis Fields. So he goes and he tells all these people that that this happened. He's even said that he's going to go away for a long time. He does have, you know, the mental capacity of a child. Is it possible that somebody told him these things and maybe somebody said because he said that he could explain why his spit was, you know, is it possible that somebody told him that they put his spit on the bodies and that they're going to pin it on him if he doesn't stay quiet about something? Possibly. Um, Or maybe at this point, he's just maybe he was uh, involved and, you know, he doesn't know right from wrong at this point. He's just bragging about it, you know? That's true. And apparently he was like super nervous and concerned. Now, back holder and, and they were like best friends, but they stopped being friends after February of 2017, which is when this incident occurred, right? They talked to Holder's ex-wife and Holder's ex-wife stated that one time while, while they were drunk, Holder, Brad Holder had told his ex-wife, that he was no longer friends with Patrick because of a one, somebody did something during a ritual that the other didn't agree with and that they didn't want to be friends anymore. Brad's ex-wife kind of thought that was suspicious, especially, I guess, with the timing of things. So a little bit later on, she went and told Brad that, and I think he was also kind of drinking that day, 
but she told Brad that one of her friends was going to go on a date with Patrick and, and that he started to get nervous. Right. And she wanted to just kind of get some information about what happened. She had asked him like, what happened? I want to tell my friend, you know, whether or not it's okay or, or not to okay to you know go on a date with this guy. And then Brad started freaking out and saying, no, that he's dangerous. Um, that, well, not, not so much for his friend, not to, or her friend, not to date him, but for, his ex-wife not to be around him. Like he said that he's dangerous. He claimed that that Patrick and his boys were responsible or his crew were responsible for the Delphi murders and that it was some sort of ritual thing because one of the mothers of the victims was mixing race. So this is where that came into play, right? And so that's what Holder said. Now, Holder was always over there. Now, he wasn't there during the week, and I believe this was like a Monday. He was only there during the weekend. I don't know. I mean, there's some dots here that I'm kind of putting together you have ellis fields who is idolizing brad holder copying everything he does on his facebook and you have brad holder's um son who's dating one of the victims and her friend possibly i mean i don't know whose mother was intermingling to you know from their point of view and so i think that there's a loose connection there you know is it possible that you know elvis in some sort and this is complete speculation 100% speculation. Right. It says Brian Koberger, though. Um, close enough. Close enough. Right. Is it possible that, well, that this guy was like trying to become a part of this group that Brad Holder was basically in charge of? Because he was like the one of the main head guys of this Odinism group. And in doing so, he thought maybe perhaps this was a good way to get in their graces. The defense team says Richard Allen, he was incarcerated in, in, in the place that he's incarcerated right now, that the prison guards there are all like a few of them are members of the Odinite group is that the defense lawyers had gone on several occasions. Now, hold on, let me back up a little bit. The defense never told the prosecution that they were aware that there was an Odinite connection, right? They had only gone because apparently the prosecution hasn't sent over everything and that they're still waiting on things, right? And had they not told them about the Odinite connection, they feel that uh, the defense or the prosecution was never going to give them that information. So, you know, the prosecution was under the impression, apparently, that the defense had no idea that this was an Odinite thing, which I don't know how you can come up with that conclusion based on what you see at the scene. It looks like a thing you know what i mean like you wouldn't think that the defense would have seen those pictures and been like hey then it looks like this is crazy you know what i mean what do y'all think i don't know man I, I think i think the fact that there might be possible other pairs involved i feel like if there were more people involved they would have had a, more likely had more witnesses seeing people in those woods on those on the on the trail and but then again you can also go back and say if this was a one-person deal, how you know how much time did it take him to do all this stuff? You know what I mean, well, here's the, the thing: where, where, to the point where like he could get discovered, you know. According, and I forgot to mention this. According to Brad, he had told his ex-wife that the more questions that she asked about uh, Patrick and stuff, that she would be in danger, and he felt that she would be killed, and that if Brad or that Patrick found out that Amber was was married to him, uh, his ex-wife was married to him, he she would be in danger. And he, she, he said that he has uh, people in high power. There was a neighbor. I forgot to mention this. There was a neighbor who saw someone at eight in the morning on February 13th, right? The day that the girls went missing uh, by the mailboxes where uh, the murders that road that goes back underneath the, uh, the Monhon bridge. And there's like a little community back down there. Well, the, the, the mail, yeah, the dirt road. Well, there was a guy by the mailboxes down there and that they passed by him. And that when he, when they did, it's about eight thirty in the morning that he ducked um, and looked kind of, or maybe not ducked, but they when they turned back, he was gone, and they thought he that he, uh, yeah, he scared off. He looked scared when they saw him, and they said that the guy looked 
Elvis Fields. Interesting, right? Um, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because especially because you have this small town, everybody knows everybody. You know, yeah. what I mean, I mean, what was the pop? I can't remember the population, but I know it was super tiny. Um, like even here, there's for almost 40,000 people and you pretty much run over and into people that you know from way back then. So yeah. like if people are saying that they saw him, the possibility of them being strong, it's not that high. Right. They, they didn't say Elvis Fields by name. They they saw his yeah. picture and they said it was that guy. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, I mean, the probability of there's another guy that looks exactly like, no, 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 no. Especially in a town that's, that's so small, you know? Right, right. No, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Apparently, according to Brad, this guy is connected to somebody of high power, right? And it kind of kind of assumes that way because when you when you look at, you know, according to the pro, uh, the defense, it seems like the prosecution or law enforcement really didn't look in at the angle, you know, the Odenite angle. They basically they got a lot of tips to say, look at Brad Holder. He has some disturbing pictures on his Facebook shortly after yada yada, and. They apparently cleared him within three weeks of the of the of the murders, and basically they had one interview with him. He said that he was at work until sometime between two and four p.m. and then he'll gym to go work out. Now the reason why I think they cleared him though is I, I think that maybe there's a good chance that he did go to work and then go to the gym afterwards. Uh, the prosecution or the defense says that there's a Facebook post of Holder claiming to be at the gym at two in the morning, you know, on uh, on February fourteenth, but not at I guess two in the afternoon or two thirty in the afternoon, where you would assume he would have been there after work. Wait, now, so he posted I, he was at the gym at two in the morning, and he said it's something about my testosterone level is through the roof right now. Yeah, that's weird, right? right? Because you ex yeah, you expect him to post it at two in the afternoon, but yeah, and, and not two in the morning, you know. And if his testosterone level is that high, maybe because his um, you know adrenaline is still running from what they had done earlier. But yeah, I don't know. It's possible. And so, but here's the thing, there would be some sort of, like, this is 2017, it's not 20, you know, 2005 or 1990. 2017, when you went to a gym, you usually had to, like, swipe a card or something, especially if it was, like, your home gym, you know, that you would go to all the time. So, I would assume that he would have had to swipe something, and maybe, perhaps, you know, that's the information that they believe um, is why they cleared him, because they know where he was at. Maybe there's footage of him there. You get what I'm saying? So, I think that may have happened, but I do think you know, he did say that Patrick committed this crime. So he's kind of not saying that he was involved in it, right? But the first time he spoke about it, he said that during a ritual, him and Patrick got in a fight because one, something that didn't agree with the other. Those are kind of the, the points there. They really didn't look at any of these guys and they really never, as far as like a certain law enforcement. Now the FBI and you know some of their guys, uh, Todd Click is one of them. And they got two other offs that were investigating. They went really hard on the fact that this was a ritual thing. And they tried to present the evidence that they found, you know, the conversations and the interviews that they had to uh, the task force that was made for the, uh, try to solve this case. And they wouldn't hear it. They just kept saying that that guy's cleared or that guy's cleared. You know what I mean? And, and so, I don't think he looks like, somebody says he looks like bridge guy. I, said, I don't think he does. Bridge guy was a lot bigger. Right. No, I think, I think that this guy, I don't know if he's bridge guy, but he was there. So I say all that to basically say that there's a possibility that, that Patrick guy and Elvis Fields were there as well, right? The other claim that the defense is making is basically saying that the Odinites are terrorizing Richard Allen. And basically, like I mentioned before, there were certain guards that were guarding Richard Allen that had the Odinite patch. They had an Odin we trust. The prosecution were not aware that the defense knew about the Odinite angle and they didn't say anything. And they actually have pictures 
of these correctional officers with their Odin patches. They informed the prosecution that they were aware of the Odin angle on August 10th. As of August 17th, the next time that the attorneys went, none of the correction officers were wearing the Odin patches. Hmm. What do y'all think about that? That is, um, I think small little towns like these need to do something better with their lives <laughs> instead of creating cults and shit. Right. No, obviously, but, but you know, when it comes down to that, to the officers, yeah, that's a big uh, sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, pretty much saying that they want they don't want to be be part of that, not a part of the group, but part of the, the case itself. You know, to to not bring so much light to them. Yeah, no, I agree. According to Richard Allen, he said that the guards were torturing him and mm. basically telling him that his family was in danger, things like that, and that they threatened him that had he not called his wife and told her that he took the lives of the children, that they were going to do something similar to his family. And so that when he would go in to talk to his attorneys, they made sure uh, the correction officers made sure that they were there and close. And apparently they caught them somehow videotaping their conversation with the client, which is weird. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty crazy, dude. I'm not lying. It's, it's freaking nuts. And so after the August 10th thing is when they stopped wearing the patches, right? Apparently, the, the sheriff that was in charge, his name is Liggett, I believe. He was the one of the guys that was not for um, Richard Allen leaving uh, that certain prison. Because it came up that they wanted to move him from this facility to another yeah, one. Yeah, I remember that. And a specific uh, sheriff said, no, I want to keep him here because, you know, it'd be difficult to get him transferred back and forth and that this and that. But it's less than 20 miles. And so he's a little bit suspicious that he wanted to keep him there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not only that, but like he's Richard Allen looks rough, man. Especially from when he got there, and you see All him right. now, so almost unrecognizable. That's true. Yeah. So apparently, though, at one interview, Allen <clears throat> manages to tell his lawyers that the Odinites are after him. Now the defense is like, "Oh no, how does he know?" Because, well, give me one second. Apparently, at one point, Richard Allen learns that the Odinites are after him, right? Or they're trying to get him. And the defense is like, well, we never told Richard Allen that there was an Odinite angle or anything. How would he know, right? Well, one reason is if he was involved in it, he knew what how it was set up and staged, he would have known that there was an Odinite angle, right? The defense goes into, you know, another situation where they talk about that it's unlikely that Richard Allen could have committed this crime by himself. And they make some pretty valid points. They say that we are to believe that five foot four Richard Allen um, basically uh, handled the two girls from the bridge, walked them down through the river, and they claim that was three and a half feet deep. And crossover, you know, he's only five four, so that would be like shoulder height to him almost. Crossover to the river. There wasn't blood on the clothes, so he would have had to have made these girls get undressed. And then one of them, Abby, apparently uh, the cut to her neck was um, to an artery that created a slow passing. But there was no blood on her, so they think that um, she was uh, similar to that painting with the guy hanging from the oh, tree. Okay. Yeah. They feel that that may have happened in this scenario, and there's a lot of like missing blood from Abby on the scene, and mm -hmm. they think that um, it was possibly connected, collected, right? Mm -hmm. And they indicate also that the clothes that were put on her were clean. If we were trying to create this scenario. It would be Richard Allen by himself with two girls that he forced to undress. He would have had to have done, you know, one first and then the other. They're expected to believe that while he committed the crime to one, that the other wouldn't have yelled, screamed, ran, done anything like that. It does make it difficult to believe that one person 
could have done this. And the other reason is because they mentioned how clean um, the clothes that Abigail was wearing, yeah. you know, in order for it to have happened the way they described the situation is that Richard Allen would have had to have held Abigail by one hand and got her dressed with the other. Right. And uh, not possible. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, put the bodies and do this all within a certain amount of time. Now the defense team indicates that there are some lies. Uh, the Mr. Uh, Sheriff, uh, created in the probable cause affidavit. For instance, they're stating that the first one is that Richard Allen did not claim to be there between 1.30 and 3 the second time around when he went and talked to the officers in October of 22, uh, but claimed that he was there between 12 and 1.30, which I find to be bull crap, and I'll explain why. And then they claim that the witness that saw the guy on the, uh, on the Monhon Bridge, remember there was a witness that walked to the bridge and then walked back and saw a guy. She said the guy was youthful. He was probably 20 to 30 years old, childlike, which, you know, Richard Allen's like five, four. So, you know, somebody might assume that that's a young or, you know, a teenager based on his height. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about his facial features, but. Right. Correct. She was 50 feet away. So 50 feet away is a good distance. And we also have to remember when it comes to these witness statements, uh, there's a good chance that they're not going to be very accurate. And the reason being is because memory is tricky, especially when you're not expecting to remember something. It's different if like, you know, um, you're a family member of the victim and the police are telling you something or, you know, you're getting information from someone, you know, you're, you're ready to intake that information and and do something with it. That's much different than if you're just taking a walk down the park and you see a guy on the trail and turn around. And then the next day somebody asks you to describe that person. It's going to be very hard. So if you're not looking for it, you're not going to pay attention and and see, you know, details. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking, if you're looking for it, then then you see something similar to it. And of course you're going to remember exactly what you saw, but if you're not, good luck with that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so that lady was 50 feet away and said that she had seen somebody else. Now the person that had seen the muddy and bloody guy walking down the street, the defense is claiming that they went back and looked at her testimony or what she had said, and that it wasn't a blue jacket that Liggett lied when he said it was a blue jacket and that he lied when he said that there was blood. There was never a mention of blood, just the guy muddy and uh, may have been wearing a tan jacket, which wasn't what Richard Allen was wearing. Right. So they're saying that based on Richard Allen's statement that he wasn't there at a certain time between that he was there at 1230 to 130 and that those statements from the uh, the eyewitnesses, since they're so different and they vary, it couldn't have been Richard Allen. And I think that's complete crap. And I'll tell you why. First things first, they say that the one thirty thing, right? One th- that 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 Richard Allen was leaving at one thirty. However, Richard Allen put in his testimony that he passed by three females, one taller, um, as he entered the park. The three females said that they saw a guy entering the park as they walked out. Those three females had a picture that they took on a bench inside of the trail at one twenty six. So that tells you that the interaction that they had was after one twenty six p.m. Richard Allen's statement that he wasn't there until, you know, at, uh, you know, was there at 12 o'clock, in my opinion, is bull crap. So you have to follow the rest of the statement. He said that he went down to the uh, Monhan High Bridge and then came back. And that, um, you know, based on all that, we're pretty positive he was the guy on the bridge. So that's the first thing that I'm saying this is bull crap. Also, the other things that I'm noticing that is in here is that they're very specific on certain things, right? Like, for instance, when it came to statement that Richard Allen made 
in 2022, where he said that he was there at, at 1230 and the statement that he had said in 2017, where he was uh, there at 1.30. They don't really, they say saying that he had said this, but they tried to make it seem like that was the only statement that he made. In fact, that's the only one that they specify. When they talk about, for instance, uh, the girl that saw the tan you know, jacket guy, they say that at this time, and they're very specific, like at this time this year, when asked, you know, was this the person they had seen or whatever, or did they have a blue jacket or a tan jacket? They said a tan jacket in 2017. In 2017, it was a tan jacket or whatever. Is it possible that after the fact that she may have recanted and said it was possibly something else? You know what I mean? Because memory is tricky. Yeah, it, uh, like it- goes both it goes all the way especially with like time too you know what i mean like, yeah. they have a real hard time like the time concept is out of whack like today i thought it was like uh, i thought today was wednesday actually so that's weird because it's barely monday <laughs> that's unfortunate yeah. that is not wednesday <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to get over the week already i think there's we have to wait for the state's response right the defense came in i want to see what the state's response is to some of these ac- accusations mm-hmm. you know if the state comes back and kind of gives a detailed reason why like for instance brad holder was cleared um and that it makes sense let's just say that there's evidence that some elsewhere you know the only way he's connected to this crime is if he orchestrated it and wasn't there right now the defense is saying that oh boy um rick allen there's no connection to him and like odinism or uh, you know following you know odin odin stuff but he's from the area it seems like it this religion could be popular from the area. I don't, I don't know if there's anybody in the live chat from the Indiana area. Are you familiar how, I guess, popular this religion may be? Yeah, that's and, what I was going to ask. I was like, how big are they? I never uh, heard of them. Like, uh, remember, was it Heaven's Gate? Remember that? Like, one in Cali that they thought that mm-hmm. this asteroid or comet was going to come to Earth and behind the comet, it's going to be like a spaceship and they're all going to go and then they all ended up committed, taking themselves out, remember? Yeah. It was like a small cult, like well, not small, but like it was a cult, like it was just in that part of the of the state. I wonder yeah. if this is like if this this kind of societies are just there, or like in different little towns or even states. I don't know, man. It might be a like a northeastern type of thing, middle west type yeah, because, of thing. Because I, I understand like the, how you were saying that the motive of what why this happened, mm-hmm. uh, but like as, like what's the purpose of this cult? Like what's their end game? At, because every every cult has an end game, right? They, they believe in a certain um, thing that's going to happen at the end, you know, like just like Heaven's Gate. Yeah. I thought they, they did this, they're going to be saved and leaving the spaceship, right? I think right. more like, I mean, it, it's it's an old religion, so it's been around for years. I think it's just, you know, a sacrificial thing to the gods. That's how I, if I remember it right hmm. from watching some of like the Viking shows and stuff like that. They had to like sacrifice, like, I think something they, they were want to make sure that they were virgins or something. So it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know this, this religion enough about it to see what they would do. Or I'm not sure yeah. if it's even a religion. But. Yeah, because let's be honest, man, there's been a lot of situations where they also, they always say it's like uh, sacrificial rituals or killings. Yeah. And then, at the end of the day, it doesn't even turn out to be that. But this one does sound pretty, sounds pretty convincing, man. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like, sounds weird, man. And it, it's like, there's some tomfoolery. I mean, especially when you look at some of the statements that Elvis Fields made, right? Like, how could he have known? So Autumn Evans says, I'm from Indiana. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a very serious religion around the world. But I think it's like a, I don't know, man. I never heard of it. So maybe it's, it's one of those religions that are you know, kind of secretive. You know what I'm saying? So the prosecutor the defense want cameras in the courtroom yeah kind of sort of so prosecutors want cam or defense wants cameras in the courtroom the prosecutors don't what do you think about that fishy <laughs> right like it's it's 
it's like, all right, so the defense says that they want prosecute or they want the cameras there so that there's no tomfoolery. Everybody can see the evidence and see what's going on and how it's usually the yeah. other way around, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they're also saying that they don't want to change a venue. They don't want him to leave the correction facility. Would you be know. surprised if somehow, some way Richard Allen does not make it to trial? Dude, if he doesn't, based on all this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, yeah, based on this, that would be like, you know, I don't know. Uh, Jen says, I lived in Oregon for 20 plus years and it was present there in Oregon. It really is a gang. It's all about control as usual. I mean, yeah, it very well could be. And it does seem like there might be some involvement there. Now, I'm wondering is my wonder is, is there a possibility that there's some sort of connection between you know maybe Patrick and somebody in law enforcement? It seems like there's already Odinites amongst the correctional facility. Uh, those guys are considered law enforcement you know a lot of guys go from corrections to police you know is it possible that maybe there's a law enforcement officer who's got ties here and doesn't want it you know showing light i mean think about the uh long island serial killer the the chief of police there didn't want to investigate the crimes because he was hooking up with with um with prostitutes as well and he didn't want his stuff to be found out you know what i mean yeah you know what's it called the like in the state, in this, in the law on the in this state, does it like? Is it the same? Like, if you're part of it, you're still considered as guilty as the other person that committed the crime, even though he wasn't there physically, or is it different? Is it a different law? Like, that they get like uh, something different. They're charged with something different. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can charge them if you have some sort of proof to to show the uh, the conspiracy to commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, you, for becoming a YouTube member. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, according to the File ensures a concern with inflammatory language of the defense counsel. Defense counsel continues to use inflammatory language in pleadings, including statements that are simply not true. And there's no reason to think that they will not continue to be uh, a super salacious language in court. designed as sound bites for recording on national stage. The response also mentioned that the problems could potentially arise from the defense's change of venue as the defense cited just publicity in the request. Public publicity in the request. McClellan said similar problems may also come from public broadcasting of the preacher hearings. The defense has already moved to, for a change of venue citing prejudicial publicity. And if the court were to allow broadcasting in of pretrial hearings, the publicity would be pervasive, pervasive, and as the defendant notes, will be without boundaries given the worldwide interest in the proceedings. Let's see. Interesting. I think maybe we're gonna have to do a show about olden nights and see what they're about. Maybe if they're is this a religion or is it like a, a cult kind of? No, thing? I've seen some. I was watching some of their stuff, man. Like it seems like it's a mixture of like like uh, like people that have Thor and Odin, almost almost like LARPing, and then you have some like uh, some very serious folks that are you know they look I, at the uh, the the ruins and mm-hmm. sacrifices and stuff like that that are a part of it. You know, and, um, it's kind of hard to believe though. You know, especially because you said they kind of try to recruit low IQ people. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty not that low well, IQ. They haven't got caught. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I think. Um. What do you call it? I don't think that everybody's low IQ. I think that don't these guys perfect. were right. These were the guys. Like supposedly, it was just them that were trying to like Brad and and Patrick who were recruiting low IQ guys. Like almost like henchmen kind of kind of deal. Yeah. 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 yeah Someone like, smarter than them. So I found this also, and this was something that. That holder shared himself on his Facebook. That looks like an asterisk to me. One that like seems checks. very similar of like 
the asterisk that was placed on Abby's body. And this is uh, is designed to put fear in the enemy. Weird, right? Very, very. Supposedly, like the F on the tree and the pool that was like um, aligned with Libby was like Hail Odin. So you would have Hail Odin put fear in the enemy. Who's the enemy? And, I don't know, man. Well, I guess if if what Brad was saying was true, and if he did say it, you know, allegedly, we don't know. It's hearsay at this point. But, you know, if he said that it was something about someone mixed racing. But, I mean, even if that was a case, like, what did they make it a better, like, a pure picture to point that out? Because at this point, they didn't, like, you know, nobody knew why they were, were murdered, Ma- right? Maybe. I mean, I think that there was a lot of information that went out about this case. It's possible that some of the uh, Odinites, if they were involved, may have known about it. Because, like, I had heard about their, that they're, like, a long time ago. I didn't even case that, that, that close them. But I'd heard that there was like some Nordic signs out there. I didn't say what or whatever, but that it was a uh, basically it was a uh, some kind of that it was staged to look like some kind of ritual had occurred. Right. And that there was these Nordic signs. And I was like, OK, well, we'll see. I mean, the probable cause or the uh, the only information that was out there is that the bodies were moved in stage. So that makes yeah, sense. At that time. Yeah. At that time. But that's all we were going off of now that we know that. All these things were, you know, under put under bodies the way they were positioned. It does right. make it seem like, um, like it would have taken a lot longer if right. it was just let's, one person, right? Let's let's get them on the show. Let's get them on the show. <laughs> really? I have yeah. some Aquaman questions. Oh, blue. And is this canceled? Aquaman? I thought no. Nah, I thought that it was it was still came a out. Yeah. They already came out. No, not not yet. Well, because I Amber Heard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Blue, can you put this on the screen? Oh, there it goes. Never mind. Yeah, he didn't want to fight, and then he uh, talked to Hershey's on his pillow, so they're trying to cancel it. (laughs) So, so this is the F that, or the symbol that resembles an F that is for God or Odin. But this is Is, the. Is that the same F that was on? The painting, as well as the the one at the scene, at the crime scene. See the the, the, because I see the other one over here. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this one looks more like the F that or the symbol that really reminds me of an F. I say cattle, right? right? Yeah, it's like cattle or wealth. But the prosecution is claiming that it says Hail Odin, and so the symbols for Odin is this, you know, looking F, and Hail is like these N looking things, which. Which means that there's another symbol that says hell somewhere on there? Somewhere no, in the crime scene or what? Well, the, the, the supposed F that says hell is painted on the tree above Libby. And and Libby supposedly, according to the defense, has something that would make you believe that it says hell oh, it. Okay. Well, this, yeah, so this would be hell. Now, I guess if you were looking at this from a different angle, this could be the V that's on her body. And then this is the long stick, but it doesn't really look like the formation in which is described. You know, this one looks more like the formation. Maybe if this V was like further down, it's just elk protection. Well, elk or protection. Right. And so it's weird, man. But yeah, these are some of those runes. So it's uh, it's weird, man. But like I said, I think that can't pass the fact that Richard Allen is there at the entrance of the, you know, of the trail at one thirty. You know, I don't think there's there's anything denying that. Blue, what do you think? Do you think that there's how do you, who do you think's involved? If you had to take a guess, I have to take a guess is Richard Allen for sure because the the gun show was based, you know, traced back to him, and then it does seem a little bit like like a ritual kind of, you know, uh, positioning of the bodies. So right. Looks like he might have had some help. 
you know, and that one guy was telling his ex-wife and he was drunk that he was part of it. So maybe him. I would interview him more. Yeah. What about you, Jaime? Where, where, where do you stand so far right now? Well, in the beginning, um, you know, there, had, there was other names that coming up, like, was it Logan? Klein, yeah. Ray, yeah, and, Ronald, Ronald Logan, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Richard Allen. And I thought, you know, this is just a group of uh, predators, you know, that they knew each other and they groomed these kids and got them out there and ended up, like we said before, that would, at least we thought that it was a, a a kidnapping going wrong, right? Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. That, but now, like, then we heard about the positioning, the staging. And at that point, still, we, at least for me, I thought one person could probably do that. Yeah. And now we're getting more information that not only were they staged, there were branches put in specific ways. Blood's not where they're supposed to be at, or the lack of yeah. uh, clean clothes. You got symbols on on trees. Um, then that makes it seem like there was a lot more involved in this incident, and yeah. that there was a lot of uh, planning too. So mm-hmm. you know, hopefully that hopefully everybody that was or it's, it's if they're involved uh, are punched or caught and punched. Yeah, because yeah. what gets me also is like the blood was sprinkled on one body, right? Like it was it was drenched. Dripped, yeah, but it was just all over the body, like, not just in one area. When, when we read that report the other day, so that to me yeah. reminds me of, like the rituals when they dip the water, you know, they, they uh, but but up. here's the thing the blood was on the body, but not on the stick, so the yeah, sticks yeah, were placed yeah. on the body after, after the blood was yeah. dripped on her, yeah. Only that, but like also, like, you know, when, when the investigations uh, open the investigation, you gotta. Every avenue could be, you know, solve. You can solve a case with every avenue you take, you know. So it doesn't matter if it's just like hearsay. They still got to follow through. You know what I mean? Right. And the fact that they didn't go in, in depth with the, you know, at least at that time, the rumor of it, right? Right. Of this um, so, supposedly cult, or I mean, they kind of behoose why they didn't. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now, there's one last thing I wanted to bring into question. So I always had a question about why is Richard Allen traveling on 300 North? westbound when he leave when he lives west of that area he works le- uh, west of that area and there's not a really real good reason for him to be um out here on 300 north east of this highway traveling this direction because this road goes for a while west i mean east it goes this way like you would have to be on this road he would have had to have come from pretty good long distance away now what we find out is that patrick lives approximately three miles uh, away from this area. Now, I don't remember if it was east or west. Apparently, if he lived three miles, you know, I guess east of this direction off of 300 north somewhere, because apparently there's a river in his backyard too, right? So I think that he might live off of this road. That would make sense why Alan is coming this direction. And so that was one thing that I had thought of. Um, but yeah, I mean, the timeline is very tough. You know, if Richard Allen mm-hmm. is the guy right here with the juveniles say that they saw in and juvenile and Richard Allen said that he saw the juveniles. That was at approximately 1.33 p.m., you know? And so if he was there and he did what he said he, he did, which is walk to the high bridge and, and look at some fish, and, you know, that that puts him there before Libby and Abby by a few minutes. But while he's there, there's another witness that sees him, right? I think her name is Betsy. She is the one that we have marked in purple. Yeah, she says in her statement that she walks, that she entered the trail, not from the Freedom Bridge area, but out here by the uh, by where like Libby and, 
and Abby would be dropped off. Oh, actually, it was out here in front of the Hoover's or Harvest store. And that she walks down here, and that when she's turning around and walking away, she says that she sees who she thinks is Libby and Abby pass her and walk yeah. towards the high bridge. So she sees somebody on the bridge. She sees the girls walking by the bridge. And according to her statement, she went back and forth on the trail, never saw anybody or them again. Yeah, which so, kind of tends to, we believe that we walked back, after he saw the girls pass by, right? And, and never and never exited because she already went through the whole trail and came back. Exactly. You know, the, the other thing is that that kind of tells us that this is definitely not a kidnapping gone wrong is if they collected Abby's um, blood, like it, it, it is alluded that it happened, that's premeditated. Like he would have had to have taken a bucket or something down there. You know what I mean? And there isn't a picture of um, the guy on the bridge holding a bucket or any of those things. And he doesn't look wet. He would have had to have gone to the area, probably through a predetermined um, spot, right? Yeah, gone to the predetermined spot through through the cemetery. That's right here. That leads right to this area. Like, and all it really would take is somebody going to this. Like, I don't think, like for instance, Ronald Logan is still not involved. Joe Joe Lamont gives us two dollars. Says you guys are good. This seems like paradise. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Do you guys know what Paradise Lost is? Though? Uh, I, I don't actually. I, I don't. But I'm gonna check it out now. So yeah, I'm gonna look at yeah. it too. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. I, I wanted to turn it off, guys. I gotta get going to work. Everybody have a good night, guys. So. Man, don't don't Thank go, you, man. Don't go blue, blue. Don't <laughs> don't go blue. Don't. <laughs> that mother care. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, is that they pulled in, they set up here and, you know, the juvenile said that when this person passed them, that it looked like he was walking with a purpose. Right. So my assumption is that while they were down here in this area, that maybe perhaps whoever was on the bridge got notified that, you know, these girls were going this direction already. How they would have known, where's that communication? I have no idea. Did Abby have a phone? Because I don't know if they ever said they ever heard phone. If she did, it sounds like they only recovered Libby's uh, phone. Yeah, yeah, that's why I remember. Uh, that's why I remember that they recovered hers. I don't know. Like, yeah. it, what's it called? I was gonna say, like, the easiest thing would have been, you know, drop off stuff prior to that day because then if they would have parked anywhere else, they would have been seen taking stuff in there. Also, I was gonna ask, do you, do you know if these branches that were put on top of the body were they cut, they clean cuts, or were they broken? There was only one that had a clean cut. One so of the branches. They had, some, they had some type of tool. Either that or somebody cut some branches. Now, here's the thing. They're apparently a picture or a video, Brad Holder and Patrick, his buddy, cutting sticks and branches saying that they were creating ruins on his Facebook. Do you think they just use, they brought these branches from somewhere else? Well, if they were cutting these branches at their house, then maybe. Yeah, to only have that's that's a little weird it's possible that uh ruins were done there before you know or, or not ruins but maybe perhaps some sort of ceremonies had been you know done there and yeah, maybe one yeah. of those branches were left behind and you know was used yes. in this scenario uh, thank you liz w for your 499 super chat you're super stupid we appreciate a, that that's a cute dog man that is a cute dog. That was. It says, Angel D says, are you really doing a mock trial with him? It's more of a debate. I don't do mock trials. It's a... Uh, who's who's yeah. leaking our information out? Right. It's going to be a debate where, you know, she's uh, she thinks that the uh, defense has, you know, the, the edge slash she thinks that there's some, some things that aren't correct with law enforcement in, in Moscow, Idaho. And I think that the uh, investing was done well. And I think they got their guys. So, you know, we're going to just kind of talk about the facts of the case and why we think what we think. Not really a mock trial. I wouldn't say that because there's not going to be any type of like judge or jury or, or any of that stuff. We're going to have some people 
maybe judges like um like who's right who's wrong and, no, and things the, of that the hair? not not that kind of judge oh, man. <laughs> more like more like a simon cow judge we'll give you a buzzer oh <laughs> so just kind of like that um not necessarily a mock trial, but it should oh, be like fun. This, like this heavier accent. Right. You just start talking British, too. That'd be crazy. So, um, yeah, when it comes to this case here with Delphi, I'm I'm a little bit concerned. But, yeah, I think that the concerning part here is, is it possible that an, uh, somebody in law enforcement or high up in this area is connected? Now, I want to I want to say this other thing. This is what's weird. So according to Elvis Fields, I believe it was Elvis Fields who said this, that not only did him and his friends take the lives of Abigail Williams in Liberty, Germany, but they also set fire to a house nearby that took the lives of two other children. A floor incident that occurred, I believe it was a year before, and there were four little, you know, four children's lives were taken. Now, when Doug Carter went to go talk about this incident and, um, you know, talk about the arrest of Richard Allen, he said in his press conference that he stopped at the house in Florida and he felt that that was the next case that they're going to try to solve. What do you think about that? Like those two, that comment. And then when you go back and you look at Doug Carter's actions and statements, what do you think? Man, I, I feel almost like a, like a Netflix special, like a no, series, like limited series going on. You know, they have to like solve it like in six episodes. It's just so many things going on and so many like little clues here and there that make it seem like it's something else. It's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy, man. Crazy. Do you think that let's just say now I'm not accusing anybody or anyone, but let's take this scenario out of it. If we were to find out later that there's possible involvement in a, a department with you know some religious type of cult, and you find out their statements that are made by somebody who was investigating that, and it brings up another case that possibly could have been committed by the same cult and Law enforcement isn't investigating said Colt as hard as they probably should. You know, does that sound? I mean, it sticks out to me. It seems a little fishy. It's almost like, like they know something. They're on cahoots, right? Like, like oh, I don't know. I, I felt like it was like they knew something. It sure seems like they, you know, they knew more than they were they were saying. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I agree, man. And I just feel like I just don't understand why. Oh no, man. I'm I'm really starting to think that there's more to this. I think that Richard Allen was involved. Like it, it'd be different if there was some ex exculpatory evidence like a picture of richard allen somewhere you know but you know something like that but initially all he said was that he was um i don't know man do you think that if it comes to find out that there's a law enforcement officer in delphi that is um a part of the odin group do you think that Richard Allen is going to get off on this, regardless if he's guilty or not, or a part of this? If he's going to get what? Do you think he'll get off on this? Like, they won't find him guilty if they find that it's, some it's sort just of... Depends. It just depends how deep that goes, you know what I mean? It, it right. might, at this point, it can't. It, does, it might not just be those two officers or three officers. It might be higher up, and you know, they're going to end up backing each other up at, at all costs. And either Richard Allen was involved somehow, or he's the fall guy, and he's being threatened. Because, like I said, like he went from... When he went in, he didn't. He looked not healthy, but he was bigger. He's a bigger dude. He was, mm -hmm. he was a bigger. Dude. Now it was like yeah, now it's kind of like yeah. Now he 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 looks like he's he's lost a lot of weight. He doesn't even look recognizable anymore, at least to me. But right. it does like it does make sense some of the stuff that is going on. You know, especially when he mentioned uh, this cult 
even before anybody, you know, even before the defense had actually brought it up, you know. Right. That that leads me to believe one of two things. Either he is being uh, harassed by them and or he was already aware that there was some symbols out there because he was involved. In this case, yeah, I think there's somebody corrupt in the law enforcement area in this thing, whether it's just the corrections officers or if there's some truth to the fact that Patrick has somebody that's pretty high up. And the reason I think that as well is because this area that they're at is a small area, like 2,500 people, I believe, that live in Delphi. You know, the smaller the community, the more likely somebody can take advantage of the system that are in you know, in law enforcement or in a position of power, it's checks and balance. There's less other you know, individuals of a similar rank or things of that nature, right? You have that possibility <laughs> that there could be some corruption. You know, when you have like, for instance, Moscow, Idaho, where yes, it's a small community of like 25,000 people, but 20, I think it was like 21 or 23,000 of the, uh, the folks that live in Moscow, Idaho are somehow, I believe they're students of the universities that are there. And so in reality, it's smaller. But, you know, they have a department that is made or meant for the size of their of the population, even though majority of the population is students. So it's it's a bigger, bigger uh, department. There's probably a lot more of administrative uh, positions. Like when you look at, for instance, a small department, you might have an officer, a sergeant and a chief. And that might be it. Or you might even have just officer and chief. And there's nothing in between. You know, when you get to a bigger department, you really have your chief, your lieutenants, your captains, and everything is different and subsi- subsidized and things like that. So in those scenarios, there's more checks and balances. In a smaller city, it's not so much. That's why I like, for instance, Alex Murdoch was able to get away with what he was doing because he was from a small area and his family were in places of power and mm-hmm. things like that. That's a perfect so, example, man. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why those things are cap- are possible. And so for us, we'll look at every situation like, all right, what's the evidence? When we looked at Richard Allen, initially we're like, all right, he said he was there at 130. Timeline is pretty tight. Uh, the bullet was found. Pretty pretty solid. It's him. Well, this lift gets dropped. And we're like, whoa, I still think he's it's him because you know I find the timeline to be very difficult. You know, and you have the, it, it comes down to the three juveniles that see him. And he, him seeing the three juveniles and them having a stamped photograph at 1.26 p.m. That alone right there tells me that there's a good chance that Richard Allen is involved once we figure out what all the other evidence is. Because we still don't know. The defense did say that there was no trophies found at Allen's house. There was no DNA. There was, uh, there was no, um, I guess, evidence at all that there was a connection there. Man, this stuff's really kicking my butt again. You know, the, the other thing that... um. That also like kind of throws me off is when you were talking about uh, the bullet, the bullet being like buried, right? That that's also trippy because if even if they stepped on it, right? Like if it was buried, they wouldn't have seen it. Do you think that they stepped on it and they're calling it buried because it was like on top of um, underneath the leaves? Yeah, you know, just it's just kind of weird the wording. Yeah, I think it's meant uh, to confuse. To be honest with you, um, like I said, I mean, there's prosecution, especially right now. You know, the prosecution's going to come out with verbiage that is going to be one sided, and so is the defense. You know, buried implies intent, in my opinion, right? When you bury something, it's intentionally put into the ground and covered up. They said that they had a picture of it buried. I'm not certain. Um, that makes no sense. If some, yeah, if something was buried, you'd have a picture of it. You, you couldn't see it. So you're gonna, you have a picture of dirt? Right, exactly. Unless it's just Im- impressed into the ground and they're claiming that that's buried. Which is yeah, the that's wrong more term. possible. Yeah. And it's also the wrong term because, mm-hmm. like I said, buried implies intent to have put it in there. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it. 
But the thing is, they had that round since then. They had it in evidence. There's a chain of command, chain of evidence. You know, unless somehow there was a uh, break-in in the Richard Allen house and somebody went and stole a, a ammunition round or they recycled one first out of his, while well, he wasn't home, found his gun, recycled around, took that round and replaced it with the one that was found on the scene. I don't know about that. Or even in his truck, right? Or car or whatever, right? Whatever he drives. Um over there in that kind of town or the, the you know the right country pretty much i'm pretty sure they're carrying rifles they're hunters and stuff out there right so i'm sure like i like last time uh last time i we, i took my truck we went out me and my, my my dad went out to the ranch and shot a couple of rounds right mm-hmm. and um <laughs> some of the shells were there the spent shells casings and we picked them up missed one we missed one right and uh my dad took the truck to mexico right? yeah uh, oh man they made a big deal with that one. Oh yeah <laughs> they, they, they thought they were he was coming back with you know that he was out there in mexico coming back and has been shooting the rounds out there i could have made that too you know and like they could have been in his car they could have pulled into his car but I don't know if that's mm. more plausible than him just yeah. being involved, you know? Yeah. He says there were reports of screams heard late at night. I think they were, their lives were taken much later on. Ari had nothing to do with it. Doggy caps make me think even more that BK is being set up. Or dodgy cops. And I read that wrong. I said doggy caps. I was like, what is that? That's dyslexia for you guys. Don't be judging me. You know, I, I, I want to first say that Dai and Moscow, I don't have nothing in common or anything. So if there is some kind of like shady cop stuff that's going on in Delphi, it doesn't necessarily mean that a cop stuff is happening in Moscow, right? Um, I will say that when I look at this information here, it definitely does. Like there's some shady stuff going on in Delphi. I don't see anything shady in Moscow at all, at all. Not at all. You know, as far as like, oh, they have the workups that they have to do, because I think that's the biggest one is like, hey, there was two other unidentified DNAs that were in the house that they didn't do a workup on. Law enforcement, Moscow, Idaho Police Lab, uh, Moscow, Moscow Police Department, Idaho State Police Department. They didn't even do the workup for Brian Coburger and they didn't turn over the, you know, they didn't receive the workup from Brian Coburger. The workup was done by the FBI. According to the DOJ policy, I believe it was page nine of the state's motion and reply on uh, July 14th. Um, go check it out. Second to last sentence into the sentence uh, on to page 10, I believe, that the per DOJ policy that the genetic tree can only be used if there's no suspect or lead. So if they got the DNA from the sheath and they created a lead, they weren't going to be able to do the same on the other ones until unless that lead that they created uh, ended up being nothing, right? So let's just say that they would have done one of the other deeds that were found in the house. And that comes back to a guy named, oh man, I'm going to make up one. I'm a Whoa, that's my last thing though. <laughs> and well, we'll just say it comes back to Hyman. And we find out that Hyman was at the party the night before, you know, 150 people were there. Hyman was a DJ. The next night he was um, performing 100 miles away and uh, or in Boise until 2.30 in the morning. Well, there's no way he could have been in Boise at 2.30 and in uh, Moscow, Idaho at four o'clock. Right. And he made, let's say he drives a, a green truck. Well, there's a lot of things that exclude Hyman from being the person that ended up committing this crime. Now, let's just say that would have been the case with Brian Koberger. Let's just say they got his name. Let's look at Brian Koberger. Because, you know, what do we know? 
we know that the uh, the person that committed this crime, we believe, drove a white vehicle without a front license plate. Does Brian Koberger own and operate a white vehicle without a front license plate at the time of the incident? Oh, he does. So that doesn't exclude him. Um, we know that the uh, Dylan Mortensen saw a person about six foot, uh, muscular, uh, thin, but not muscular and bushes. Is Brian Koberger about that height and weight? Does he have bushy eyebrows? Yeah. Now, if, you know, Dylan said that the guy was five foot eight and 250 pounds, then then Brian Koberger doesn't match that description. That would exclude him. Right. So even though that Dylan's statement doesn't necessarily point at him, it doesn't exclude him. So that's a check mark. All right. We need to know was Brian Koberger, you know, was he active? Was he up and around during the time of the incident? We come to find out that sure enough, his phone, um, we, find, we have video of him in Pullman, Washington at 2.50 in the morning and his phone comes back on at 448 after the incident south of Moscow. All right, that check marks, you know, and, and you go on. And the thing is, at a certain point, when you have all these check marks, you start to think to yourself that, you know, this guy might be the guy, right? It's not me. <laughs> exactly. And so, but like I said, there, there would be some stuff that would, you know, if it wasn't him, that would uh, lead to that direction. And I think that's what um, his defense team is hoping when they say that through cross-examination that they're going to find out information that is going to be exonerary, exonerary to Brian Koberger. And what that means is that they're going to come across a situation based on what somebody says that excludes it from being Brian Koberger, which isn't really the strongest defense, in my opinion. I think they're going to, you know, try to make it, uh, you know, uh, the statement that didn't, um, is it Dylan? No. Yeah, Dylan, right? It's the statement about her seeing someone. Yeah. What about that? <clears throat> I think they're going to go after that, uh, you know, considering that they were out of the party drinking and whatnot. Well, here's the thing. Uh, everybody says that Ann Taylor's going to go hard at the surviving roommates. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I have some information that uh, the sounds of it was that surviving roommates um, were very much in shock um, after the incident. That One of them was so bad that she couldn't talk, completely shaking. And that the other one was just kind of rambling and trying to help. It was just very hysterical, crying, stuff like that. You know, if that image is, if those images are shown, right, in court, and you see how emotional and how real that it affected these two individuals, and then you see the defense attorney yelling at them or going at them and making them cry, do you think that's going to be a good look to the jury when they see that? No, but then again, weren't they out and about? couple like two months later i mean one of them was I and mean, we have pictures of them out and about yeah. some but you know this, this is like the setting, same thing as casey anthony when she was out and about after committing right uh, supposedly committing you know i mean well not necessarily uh casey anthony was out and about while her daughter was still missing yeah but then and, again you're saying that they're that the roommates were in shock after they found out yeah i don't think it was a situation so she wasn't she was, so she wasn't shocked while i don't she know opened that. The door and, you know what i'm saying from yeah, I don't know about that. I just know from what I understand is while they were questioning them that it was not, it didn't yeah, look like the they were faking it. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a pretty good possibility they heard some things. They may have even thought something may have happened, but they weren't completely sure of the extent of what happened. And once they found out what the extent was, yeah, they became a little bit, uh, I mean, their reaction was real from what I understand. You know, you have that sort of reaction and you see that. And, and also when we've seen Dylan and Bethany out and about on pictures, you know, one of them was at a restaurant where she was, I guess, with uh, some new sorority sisters and another one, a baseball game or something like that. If you had somebody, one of your family members that was, in, you know, gone through something like that in shock and fear, wouldn't you want to get them out of the house sometimes and maybe try to enjoy life too? No, oh, yeah. But like, it goes back to the way you were saying that, how would that make them look if they're, uh, you know, like questioning them hard and you know, 
having them out there on the thing, you know, real emotions and all that stuff. They they can, you know, look at the other way around and see, oh, they they were out and about. I think I think they were right. Well, I think the times that they've been seen out and about also were like after spring. You know, this situation came out in November, so it's it's a it's a much longer time as well. Yeah, but the thing is about that is just like if the if they question them to the point where their emotions are just off the charts and stuff like that, I don't think it would affect anything. But it would um, the juries the 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 job of the jury is the facts, right? Not not necessarily what a person feels or the way they act with their emotions, right? It's, it's the facts that they're saying or their testimony, in other words. It's supposed to be. But the thing is, the jury has emotion. They, uh, they're they not callous to things. And so it is very impactful, like whenever there's like a victim that's crying on the stand or that is becoming emotional or that you have a lack of emotion from a suspect or from a um, somebody that's been accused of a crime, whether that's on the stand or you know, in the courtroom. And so those type of things make a difference, you know, the way uh, a person comes off per se, you know, like I said, the the situations where we've seen like Dylan and Bethany out, they weren't like party situations, like party party. wasn't like, Hey, I'm on a speaker dancing or anything like that. It was around friends and stuff. And um, it's also a lot longer period of time. And also they're not standing or sitting in front of the accused um, person that had committed this crime. Like they will be, come court you know what i'm saying terry guy says you had inside information when we had a debate Uh, the jury will not take county for the defense yell at a witness there has to be balance oh i i have a lot of information that i can't say i'll put it at that i don't i know quite a bit we went from we 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 put a we should have put on the on the thumbnail uh delphi slash bk because we went to bk too fast right and so apparently we'll that's what she was going to say. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm aware of quite a bit of stuff, you know, um, from that I haven't been able to say. And it's not just from one source. I'll put it that way. It's not just from you know the family. Is there stuff that I know from the family? Yeah, I do. There's stuff that I know uh, we, that we have. We know that we haven't put out there because that was at the request of the family. You know, they they informed us of some things and, you know, we've kept that top secret. So. And we will continue. And once trial is ended and things of that nature, uh, maybe we'll disclose some of the things we know, because at that point, it's not Pernington anymore. Yeah, it's already out. I may even, you know, release the uh, interview that I had with 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 Kristen. So, but that's not going to happen until then. There's no putting the genie back in the bottle. Right. Right. Can't do that. You can't do that. Drink. Yes. Drink. Yeah, man. When it comes to to that case, I'm very positive that the uh, law enforcement got their guy. You have to be able to, you know, there's the possibility of elimination, right? You know, you have to be able to to do those things. And when it comes to Brian Cobra, eliminate anything. You get what I'm saying? There's zero that you can eliminate from him not being the guy, you know? And so. Oh, thank you. It says, I admire your integrity. I appreciate it. At the other day, I don't want to burn anybody or anything like that. You know, it's not worth it. It's not worth doing that. You know, at the end of the day, also, like, I think yesterday, last time we were asked if we were like, you know, religious or, you know, believe in God and Christians. And, you know, I answered it. I said, yeah, I am. And I believe that I'll have a day to meet my maker. And if when I do, I don't want to be the guy. God's like, hey, you you exploited the items for, for money and, and views because I'll tell you right now, y'all, those there's a lot of people in the comment section that tell us, oh, you guys must be getting more views or, or paid more because you guys you know are saying that Koberger's the guy. It is quite the opposite. Almost I live in a, I live in a crappy apartment. Yeah, like it is. <laughs> like, and I'm barely making it to, to, I'm barely paying for it. For it. <laughs> It will get you there, man. We'll get you there. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that 
while we were kind of questioning law enforcement about this, we were getting about what, maybe 750,000 views a month. And since it's more like 7,000. <laughs> no, nah, it's a little bit more than that. It's probably somewhere around 70, maybe a hundred. No, it's about a, about 200,000 views a month. So we went from three quarters of a million views per month to a quarter million of views. So yeah, we dropped down quite a bit. You know, I've had people come, you know, through our email and stuff like that and say, Hey, you know, um, to get more views, you should guys say this, or, Hey, this, this creator's talking bad about you. I bet if you guys go out there and start a beef, you guys would have, you know, it would be good for both of your channels. And I'm like, that's not what we're about. Yeah. That's, that's, it was, that's we've never been like that. Yeah, we've never been like that. Like, yeah, exactly. Beginning, man. Like, everybody has a different opinion, even between us. Um, we're okay oh, with yeah. it. That's just the way yeah. we are. 100. Well, we're about almost two hours into this. So, uh, I want to thank everybody that stuck it out. You know, we probably stopped talking about Delphi almost an hour ago. You know, I want to thank everybody that stuck around and just conversated with us. Appreciate it. It's good therapy and good talk to people. I mean, do you have any like last words for anyone? Uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody. Um, and I think next, uh, I don't know what the next show that we're going to do, but the next paranormal show we're going to do, um, I sent Danny some pictures. I'm going to send, mm -hmm. uh, send you one more. And now uh, I have a story about it that happened to him i want to check that out yeah it's pretty weird because like i mean not only has paranormal stories he has paranormal proof you know whether it's this picture or the trail cam in his house that he captured a shadow picture with always something there and so that might be you know our friday show you know a little bit of a crazy friday freaky friday something like that this friday oh, yeah. so make sure you're still here and you're not subscribed make sure you subscribe to hit that subscribe button and hit that like button on your way out uh, but yeah that being said I'm going to go watch Monday Night Football. Hopefully the Bengals lose. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> Later, man.